So Instagram is this huge social media site. It's like the second biggest one in the world. And it has over 800 million people who have an Instagram profile, right? And people use it all over the world. They use it to connect. They use it to see like celebrities and what celebrities are doing. They, and and there's these people called Instagram influencers now. And there's like big money in makeup tutorials or vacation stuff. Apparently like third world countries are like, listen, Instagram, stop taking such pretty pictures of our country because we don't have the infrastructure to handle all of these people when you get like the perfect filter of that one spot and you get rid of all the third world countryness, and you take the picture of the pretty beach, we don't have the ability to have people come over and look at our pretty beach all the time. It's, Instagram is changing the world, and it's allowing people to connect in different ways, and obviously, it works a lot in relationships, too, and people are, like, like sending pictures, they're sending, like, DMs is what they're called, right? And so, obviously, in relationships, it can be a little fuzzy. What's going on in an, Insta- like an Instagram relationship? So... Obviously, there's rules to this Instagram business, right? And we got to figure it out. So there's a story I want to tell you. There's this girl who loved Instagram, and her name was Sandy. She wanted to be an Instagram influencer. She wanted to, like, uh, and really, she, she didn't want to be, like, an influencer of Instagram as in an insta- influencer of pornography that's on Instagram, like, right? She wanted to be, like, she just wanted to have a lot of followers. And so she wasn't, like, all into, like, the p- sending, like, the pictures or any of that stuff to try and get likes. But she just told it like it is. And she gave out some just her opinions of things, right? And so here's some of her, her posts. She put like this. Roses are like the Toyota Corollas of flowers. Hashtag don't bother. Another one she says is any guy who suggests a Netflix date is just too cheap to pay for two movie tickets, a large popcorn, and a drink. Hashtag spend the money. Hashtag Netflix and cheap. Just got food poisoning from the Italian restaurant on 5th and Colfax. Hashtag Olive Garden. Hashtag Olive Garbage. Fuchsia, salmon, light red. Gentlemen, it's pink and you shouldn't wear it. Hashtag girls color. Hashtag not in your palate. So she's posting this stuff and she's getting all sorts of likes on it, generating all of these things. And so there was another, there's this guy and his name was Brian. And his friend was a friend of Sandy's. And he thought Brian and Sandy would get along great. And so he showed Brian a picture of Sandy and he's like, hey, I know this girl, she's pretty cool. What do you think about, like, what do you, would you wanna go on a date? Brian looks at this picture, a completely appropriate picture. I, it's Instagram, it's weird, all right? But, it's, but just like an appropriate picture. And he falls in love. Love at first sight with Sandy from Instagram, okay? And all he can think about is her. He, 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 he saw her and, and it's just like the woman of his dreams. And that Ed Sheeran song, Perfect, just keeps playing around in his head. Not the one with Beyonce, just Ed Sheeran, right? And so he's playing it over and over and he's just like, I've got to meet this girl. This is the most amazing. This, she's got to be the most amazing person. Look at her face. All right, and, he see, and, he, and he's just all about it. So finally, the friend sets the two of them up on a date. Right? And his friend told him, hey, you should absolutely check out her Instagram because she posts a ton of stuff. You know, like, check it out before you go on that date. That way you maybe have some like, things to talk about. You know some things to steer clear of, all of that stuff. But see, Brian didn't really have an Instagram. And he didn't really know how to use Instagram. He really wasn't sure what the whole like like or the hearts or he was he's he's a Facebook guy and a way, way behind on the times, right? And he's just Facebook, and I'm not talking about me. This is a completely other guy, all right? His name is Brian. I don't have an Instagram either necessarily. Uh, actually I might have one, but I don't know where it is anymore. Um, but nonetheless, this is Brian we're talking about, not me. Quiet. All right, and so <laughs> he doesn't know. And he's like, you know what? I'm a pretty charming guy. 
I, I really like, I, I think I've got what it takes. You know, I don't, I don't need any of that stuff. I'll, I'll just go with the flow. Just, I'll just like put on the charm, all right? So the date, the night of the date is here and he is ready to go. And he puts on his favorite salmon, I mean fuchsia shirt. Eh, yeah, it was, it was more salmon, right? And so he wants to impress her, so he puts on his fanciest shirt. And then he also wants to make sure that he brings flowers. And so he goes to the store, and he picks a bouquet of a beautiful dozen roses to bring to his date. And then he shows up, and he wants to impress her, and so he, he walks up, and, and, and his car's a little dirty, and it wasn't quite working. It wasn't a great thing to pick up a girl. So he borrows his friend's car, and can you tell me what his friend's car was? A Toyota Corolla. So the dude's walking up in a fuchsia shirt with a with a thing of roses in a Toyota Corolla. He pulls up and he goes and he knocks on the door and it goes from like, he, he opens the door and he sees beautiful Sandy. And at first her face is like, I'm so glad to see you, to like, what's that smell? Kind of a look in her face. It wasn't that there was a smell, but her face said, something stinks in here, okay? And so all of a sudden he's going, uh, the first impression's not quite there. I don't know what's happening. So he's like, well, I'm gonna turn it on, you know, I'm gonna turn on that charm. We're gonna, we're gonna say it, we're gonna, this is gonna get better. This is gonna get better. And so all of a sudden he's like, you know what? Let's first first impressions are gonna aren't so great. Let's move on to let's move on to dinner. So he moves on to dinner. And can you tell me where he decided to take her? Was a great place at Fifth and Colfax. And so this is a wonderful Italian restaurant. And so he walks in, he's so proud of like this little like joint called Olive Garden. He's just like, it's kind of a, it's kind of an underground place, right? So he sits down and she's sitting down. You, he can tell she's very, very uncomfortable here. He orders something and she, he go, the waiter asks her what she wants. And of course she says, you know what? I just want water. I just want water. And so he tries to get her to order more. He's confused but she won't order more. And so they kind of just sit there quietly at dinner. She, he, he's trying to like figure out what's going on, why she keeps looking at him weird, why she keeps seeming so uncomfortable in that place, why she's not eating. It's just not going well for the guy. But he's like, well, we were planning on dinner and a movie. And so he asked her, hey, what movie would you like to go to? Or what, movie, what would you like to watch? And so he's kind of got this thing in his mind. I, you know. And so she's like, hey, that new Marvel movie just came out. We should go see that. And he's like, oh, you know what? The last movie before that one just came out on Netflix. Why don't we go to one of our houses and watch the movie on Netflix? And suddenly... Suddenly, out of the blue, Sandy comes down with a terrible migraine. And all of a sudden, she gets a call from her mother, and her little Nana is in the hospital, and she must rush away. And another friend calls her and says, your, your, your goldfish feels a little warm. You need to get home right away. And she busts out of there as fast as possible. Brian doesn't even get her phone number, and the, the, it is over. Date done. Never sees her again. Now, what did Brian do? This guy totally had a chance to learn something about Sandy, to figure some stuff out a little bit ahead of time, to go, oh, maybe she won't like it if I do that. Maybe she won't like it if we go there, if I wear that shirt, if I bring these types of flowers. Maybe this relationship would have done something different and, and actually moved along if he would have done that. This guy didn't have an Instagram, though, and he didn't know how to use it. But that isn't really a great excuse for not learning about what he thought the love of his life 
would like or not like. And the truth is, it's the same with us and God. We have access to something that will help us in our relationship with Jesus. Have you ever felt like your relationship with God was just not, not firing all cylinders? You're like, you had, you're just like, you kind of try, you wake up in the morning, you're like, I'm gonna do some quiet time, you know, maybe pray, but you don't feel like there's any connection there. Maybe you had this great experience at conference, this love at first sight moment, but since conference, you've just kind of been like, I, I don't know what to do. Like, it just seems kind of weird. And the relationship maybe has kind of fizzled out a little bit. If Brian would have cared enough to get on social media and kind of, I guess the term is insta-stock a little bit, maybe he would have learned a few things. Don't go to Olive Garden. Don't bring roses. Don't wear a pink shirt. Don't drive a Toyota Corolla. Don't suggest it, right? All of these things. He would have learned these things. And it same goes for us. Maybe we need to insta-stock God a little bit. And how do we do that? The Bible. The Bible is something that we can read. We can learn. What does God like? What does God not like? The Bible is truth, and it is absolute truth, and it is the Word of God, and it, and it says that it's alive, and, and it's, it's Him. And we have this opportunity to learn about God. We can learn so much about Him. We can learn His wants, we can learn his desires, his loves, his passions, his likes, his dislikes. I think sometimes when we think about the Bible as a book, we just like, it's just this big long list of rules of do's and don'ts and all of this stuff. And maybe if we changed our perspective on what that was, where it wasn't necessarily this list of do's and don'ts, but it was this list of what God likes and doesn't like. It was a list of what God loves and doesn't love. It was a, the, and we started looking at it through this relationship lens. And, it, and we start looking at the Bible, and all of a sudden we see verses like, love God, unlove people. And we don't call it a rule. We just go, oh, God must really care about love. Don't worship idols, hashtag I'm the best, right? So he's saying like, don't worship idols because I'm better than all of those other things. Man, I'm so over this whole, he, maybe he's saying, man, I'm so all over this Satan stealing joy, hashtag abundant life with me. He's saying, don't, don't worry about anything, hashtag peace that passes understanding. He's, 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 we read the Bible and we're just going, oh, it's not these rules, but we're going, if I want a successful relationship with Jesus, I got to know some stuff about him. And, and yes, we can learn that stuff through prayer sometimes, but in the end, we don't, that relationship can be hard to get off the ground if we don't already maybe look in the Bible and go, what does God care about? A Bible verse that says, if you love me, obey my commands. Laws, you have to follow without love. You don't get a choice. There's no like love. I love to follow the laws. I love to follow the speed limit. I love all the... There's no love in that. But he's saying, if you love me, obey my commandments. He's saying, I want, there, I want you guys to do what I'm asking in the Bible, but I want it to be out of love. I want you to go, I don't, wanna, I don't want to do that because God says, don't do that. It, it hurts God. He doesn't like that. And I want a relationship with God. I want something, in, I want something like unique with him. I want intimacy with God. I want closeness with God. And if I do that stuff, it's going to create awkward situations in my relationship with Jesus. If we want that relationship, we have to get into his word, learn, kind of insta stock. It's a vital part of our walk with Christ. Get, I get that it is a big book. And I get that it seems daunting to read, but 
That's why we're doing this. We're going to spend the next four weeks doing this, and we're going to help you learn how to Bible stock God. I think one of the biggest lies the enemy tries to sell us is that we, it's just hard to understand. We can't connect with the Bible. It's hard to, to get into because we look at something like this and we see it's a book with no pictures. It could be challenging at times, right? And we can legally look at it as a, as a textbook or we can look at it as a really big document that you're just like, I don't understand this. And I think one of the biggest lies out there that the enemy has is that we can't connect with it. We can't understand it. I can't do that. But think about it this way. Think about it this way. If God made you, do you believe that God made you? Do you believe that God put you on this planet? Why on earth would God have made you to not connect with him? He, he won't. There's no reason that on earth that God would have made you to not learn more about him. Because if, just like Pastor Joe said, if this is a way we can get to know God, why would he set up a kid for failure? That's just not, that's just not him. That's not him. That's, that's, if, that's like if I moved away to another city and I didn't give my family my address or phone number. Good luck. Doesn't make any sense, right? God designed us to encounter him. God designed us to learn about him. God designed us to understand the Bible. See, the truth is you were born. You were born to understand the Bible. You were born to understand the Bible, all right? Uh, this is my paper Bible. I'm gonna bring out my other Bible. <clears throat> I don't use this one as regularly. Um, thank you. You can grab my iPad too, that'd be awesome. All right, so this is, uh, this is the Bible. So what I wanna do, now that we know that we were born to understand the Bible, that, that it's not even an issue. You know you can comprehend it. You know, I know you can. You were born to comprehend it. So what I wanna do is I wanna kind of break down what the Bible has inside of it a little bit so that we can learn a little bit more about how it's set up because if you learn how it's set up, you're gonna be able to comprehend it way, way more easy, okay? So uh, let's take a look. We're gonna open this thing up here. See, I don't carry this one with me everywhere. I got kicked out of the mall once with it. Just kidding. Um, this, is, this is scary. It's a little tippy. Can everybody see it a little bit? So inside the Bible, you have 66, like, little books. Little books. And they're, they're kind of like little documents. That, um, some of them are, are bigger. Some of them are, are actually letters and things like that. But they were, they were drafted by a bunch of different authors. But the Bible says, and what the truth is, is they were all inspired by God. They were inspired by God. So there's 66 books in it. There's 27 in the New Testament, 39 in the Old Testament. And it starts with this book right here called Genesis. Genesis is Hebrew for the beginning. Oh, the first book, it's the beginning. See, it's easy to understand. It's easy to understand. Genesis is the beginning. And then in Genesis, you've got some really cool stories. You have stories like creation and Adam and Eve. And then it moves on to like, like, like all really cool stories like Joseph's in there, Noah and the Ark's in Genesis. There's a whole bunch of really cool stuff. And then it moves on to Exodus. That's Moses. And then the first five books is like the Israel um, coming into the wilderness and being liberated from Egypt. And it, keep go it keeps going on. Now, the Old Testament, the first 39, it's all before Jesus. Before Jesus is all these books. But what's crazy about it, especially in Daniel um, and some of the, a lot of the others, Isaiah, point out Jesus hardcore. Like they point to him through the whole thing. It's crazy. Even the very um, first three chapters point to Jesus in some really, really cool ways. Now the last, uh, the last 27, so the New Testament is all about Jesus. And these first four books right here in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, these are like the best. These are what's called the gospel. The gospel means good news, and it's just the detailed account of Jesus' life. That's what these are about. 
So like, if you want to Instagram stalk God, this is where you start. One of these books. And I would suggest Mark. Mark is like um, all business and he just like tells it how it is. And he, it was like one of the first gospels written. This is the first one, right, boss? Yeah, first one. First one written was Mark. And so he got like all these eyewitness accounts and he, he like wrote the story about Jesus and it's like all facts. It's like an action movie. It's like, this is what happened, how it happened. This is where he went next and this is how it happened. And it, and it keeps going. It's really awesome. But all the other books are really cool. John is kind of like a chick flick, like a love story. All right. I love John. I think John is a really cool book. I'm super digging it right now. Luke is detailed. He's a storyteller. He really like paints a really cool picture. And Matthew bridges a lot of gaps from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Can you tell how nerdy I am about it? I am so nerdy about it, but that's because I spent some time in it and I fell in love with it. And that's our hope and prayer for you guys to get um, in love with God through stocking. Get in there. Okay, there it is. All right, <laughs> we're in there. Now, the Bible has a whole bunch of really cool stuff in it, but it's, it, it's, it's not just, it's not just 66 books that are then like kind of broken down. It's not just some stories here and some stories there. And, and there's really cool things in it. Like the Psalms is a lot of poetry. And so if you're into poetry, if you like that sort of stuff, like Psalms is full of it. Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, wisdom, crazy amounts of wisdom. Fellas or ladies, if you like battle, like you want to hear some war stories. Um, you get into the Kings, the Samuels, the Chronicles, super awesome um, stories. You got David's mighty men in there. Um, you have a lot of the battles of Judah and Israel. It's really, really cool. It's awesome. Um, anybody want to know what happens in the future? Yeah? Anyone? All right. This is where I'm down here. Revelation. Revelation down here. The last book of the Bible tells you what's going to happen in the future. See, there's so many really, really cool things about it. And so I want you to know, to be comfortable with it, that you don't have to start at the beginning and you read it all the way through. You don't have to do that. You can start with just Jesus. Start with one of the gospels and then go through it. Like, I don't want, I don't want you guys to be intimidated by it because again, you have the ability, you were born to understand it. You were born to understand it. So one thing I want to break down too is if you open up your Bible app, Anybody rock the Bible app at all? You version Bible app? It's awesome. It's awesome. Um, you open up your Bible app and you, you look at a, a version of scripture and there's some stuff in it. And I want to just kind of break down what the numbers and stuff like that means. So put up the, the first slide for me. So you'll see, this is like what we call an address or reference. This is like where you would find a certain verse in the Bible. And so the first one is the book and that's this name, John. John, all right? So when you open your Bible, you will find the book of John. And then within John, you will then find chapter six. And then within chapter six, you'll find a little tiny number, which will be verse 40. And this is actually what 4640 is built on. The fourth gospel. So that's what the four and 46, four, the first four means, four, six. And then chapter six, verse 40. 4640, it's the elevation of Grand Junction, but it also says this. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in Him shall have eternal life, and I will raise Him up at the last day. That's what we're built on here at 4640. We want this to be true for every single high school and middle school student in the valley. This is what we want 4640 to be built on, is, is this, this thing in the Word, this thing in the Word. And so when you open your Bible um, and you see all these like numbers and stuff like that, that's all it is, is a chapter and a verse. And it's not hard to find stuff. And if you're in the Bible app, it's really easy because you just get a, instead of have to like scroll through all the pages, you can just click on the book and then click on the chapter and you're right there. It's super, super simple. We're going to go through that a little bit later in the series too on how to navigate the app really, really well. But hopefully that 
helps you a little bit in knowing that it's not this huge, intimidating thing. This Bible is obviously huge, and it intimidates me because I feel like it's going to fall on me. Um, but the Bible itself is not this big, intimidating thing. And the tr- I want you to make sure you know that like, you were born to understand it. You were born to, to read it. You were born to get inside of it and know it. And that, that's the truth of this whole thing. See, the Bible is not just a book about God. See, we, we get to know about God. That's true. It's not just a book to know about God, but it is the word of God. It's the actual word of God. See, that makes this book a little bit different. If I know that this just isn't a book about someone, but this is actually the words from that person. Does that make sense? All of a sudden, I'm like, oh, it's a little bit different perspective here that this, this, whoever wrote this is actually writing from their perspective and, and all scripture is inspired by God. And so it's not just a book about him, but it's also uh, the word of God. And because it's the word of God, that's why we name this whole series The Word. The Word. Now, I want to go back to Genesis, the very first book like I showed you. The very first book, because I, I want the Word of God. Like, why is the Word of God powerful? And I look in the first book of Genesis, in the first chapter of Genesis, and I see crazy things. I see crazy things. See, God's Word does things. You don't just read it. You don't just hear it. The Word does things. The first words that God spoke was in Genesis 1-3. It says, God said, let there be, can you guys help me out? Light. Let there be light. And then there was, oh man, all right. So he speaks and there's light. But I mean, he just keeps going. And again, in in chapter, uh, verse 6, he says, God said, let there be a space between the waters to separate the waters of the heavens from the waters of the earth. And boom, there was a space there's a space above, a space below called sky. And then again in chapter, or verse nine, he says this, then God said, let the waters beneath the sky flow together into one place so dry ground may appear. And that is what happened. I believe with all my heart that every time God speaks, something is being created. Every time God speaks, creation is happening. And so if creation is happening when he speaks, what is a book full of words? And if this is the word of God, I submit to you tonight that every time you read the word of God, God is creating something inside of you. He's creating something inside of you. So now I'm not just reading words on a page. When I'm reading what God did through Ezekiel, I'm reading what God did through David, or I'm reading what God did through Paul, all of a sudden, things are being created in my life as I read it. Created in my life. See, Hebrews 4 says that God's word The word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. It cuts between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Why? Because he wants to create something in you. He wants to see change. He wants to see life. He wants to see hope. He wants to see faith. He wants to see something built upon your life that makes the world a better place. And as he creates in you and you read more about him, we doing okay? As, as, as we read more about him, he's creating things within us. And I always go, why, God? Why did you set this up this way? Because he wants to do life with you. He doesn't want you to do life for him. He wants to do life with you. So he wants to create things in you and expose what matters most. 
I want to bridge the gap between Genesis, because in Genesis, it says the, 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 word, the word started there, and he spoke, and things were created. But then I look at the first chapter, um, or the, the first, yeah, the first chapter of the Gospel of John. So we have the first chapter in the Bible in Genesis, and we have the first chapter in one of the Gospels in the New Testament, and, and he says this in John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the, what? And the, was with and the word was, the word was God. So not only is the Bible a way we can learn more about God, and not only is the Bible a way uh, that, that we can see God creating something in us, but the Bible is God. The word was God. How does that, how does that come, to, come about? See, even in Genesis, it was always God's plan to live among his people. He wanted to live with them. He wanted to walk with Adam and Eve in the garden. And as he walked with Adam and Eve in the garden, and then they fell in sin, God continued to try and set up shop among his people with a tabernacle in Israel, which is like a really cool tent where the presence of the Lord came. And then in the temple of Israel, and then when Jesus came to earth. So you check this out. A few verses later in John chapter one, it says this, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Made his dwelling among us. And it's all mapped out in the Bible. And as we read that, as I read the verse that the word became flesh, God created in me a heart that could, that could feel and know that Jesus was real, that Jesus is alive and moving, that his word in my life can change things. And so I look at how the word becomes flesh in my life and it begins to change my outlook on the world because Jesus, as he lived, as he died, as he lived a perfect life, he died in the place of, of, of a sinner who deserved death, but he died and did not deserve death. And when he died, the same spirit that was in Genesis, there in the beginning, the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead and gave him the power to, to, to ascend into heaven lives inside of you. So I come back to the question of I can't connect with the Bible. I can't understand it. I don't know how to go about it. I don't know how to do it. See, the truth is, if you believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you not only have access to this, no matter what, the word, but you have the person that wrote the word living inside of you. It's like it's cheating somehow. Like the person who wrote the test is just telling you the answers. And when I read with that perspective, knowing that the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead lives inside of me as I read my Bible, he's pointing out everything. Verses start jumping off the page and my life starts changing because the word of God makes a difference in my life. You were born to understand the Bible. You were born to see the Bible change your life and you were born to have God speak to you through that. So I believe that every single time we open the Bible, we can have an encounter with God. An encounter. How many of you guys have had an encounter with God during worship? Anybody? Yeah. Isn't worship awesome here? Our worship team is super cool. They're, they're, really, they're really talented and they, they help usher in that presence. And as we, as we learn a conference and we praise God and we usher in that presence, yeah, we can have an encounter with God in worship. Absolutely. Get the Holy Spirit feels right? Yeah, for sure. How many of you guys have ever had an encounter with God through prayer where you're just crying out to him? Yeah, absolutely, right? Prayer's a two-way street and he'll talk back to you through that. Absolutely. 
If the Bible says, and if God says that this, the word became flesh, that his word creates things, I believe that every time you even open up any page, you're one word from an encounter from God. One word. It is so important to connect with God through scripture. It's his truth. It's his love. It's his peace. It's his hope. And he wants to create those things in your life. And so... If you want to connect with him reading battle, if you want to connect with him reading poetry, if you want to connect with him reading about what happens in the future, what has happened in the past, if you want to connect with him what's happening in your life right now, you are just inches away. You are just a finger tap away from connecting with God at an intimate, deep level wherever you are. Thank the Lord we live in America because we can take our Bibles wherever we want to. We can live in this free country to be able to do that. And you have the answers at your fingertips. You have the answers in the form of a paper Bible or whatever that is. And it's my hope and my prayer that tonight in the privacy of your home you can open that Bible up and you can hear God start to create something in your life because that's the power that just resides right inside this that's the power let's pray Jesus God we love you we love you we love you so much God we're just so grateful that you have given us this, the Bible, the basic instructions before leaving earth. God, that you've given us ways to not just learn about you and, and a way not just to see you working, but a way that, that we can connect with you, that you can create things within us, that, that you, can, you can show us, God, that your word matters. Your word matters more than words of culture. Your word matters more. Culture can't create something in me. It can destroy something in me. God, you can create things in me. And so, Father, I pray that over every heart and soul here that we can feel and we can know, Jesus, that you are powerful, that you have given us your word free. And God, I pray that you can empower every single one of us, every single heart and soul in here to connect with you in a new way through your word. And for those of us that have been readers and have almost given up, God, I pray that you can give us new strength and courage to, to, to try again. And God, I pray that those of us that have never opened up the Bible, God, lead us to that place where we can see and hear you so clearly within, within the Bible, God. And I just pray that we can fall in love with reading about you, with hearing about you, and listening to you speak to us through your amazing word. God, we love you and we thank you in your heavenly name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.